Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. This podcast is sponsored by TheraWorks Relief. Many of you get sore, achy legs from standing all day or get asked about painful foot and leg cramps. If so, you're going to want to hear about TheraWorks Relief, a clinically proven topical foam that prevents and relieves muscle cramps and soreness. Learn more at theraworksrelief.com. Hey listeners, today's episode is with Anthony Blash. If you want to better understand AI, how to get started in informatics, or how to become an Amazon Alexa programmer, then this episode is for you. We also have the full video version on our YouTube channel over at Talk to Your Pharmacist on YouTube. Check it out there. Or if you want to check out any of the show notes mentioned during the episode, visit www.pharmacyadvisory.com. All right, so today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast, Dr. Anthony Blash, who received his PharmD from the School of Pharmacy and Health Professions at Creighton University in Omaha, Nebraska. Dr. Blash completed the Pharmacy Informatics Residency at Creighton University School of Pharmacy and Health Professions in Omaha, Nebraska, and holds the distinction of being the first pharmacy graduate in the nation to complete a Pharmacy Informatics Residency. He is currently responsible for teaching in the healthcare informatics concentration of the PharmD curriculum at Belmont University College of Pharmacy in Nashville, Tennessee. And as a result of Dr. Blash's courses, which meet the Health Information Management System Society's, or HIMS rigorous standards for quality health IT or healthcare education, the College of Pharmacy at Belmont University has been named as a HIMS approved education partner, or AEP. Anthony, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you, it's great to be here. Well, thank you. And now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro and maybe share a little bit about your personal life. Yeah, so briefly, let me see. Um, My first degree was computer science and my second was pharmacy. So it was kind of easy for me to um, fall into this space called pharmacy informatics. And fortunately, it was just as you know, the country was turning away from uh, paper medical records into mm-hmm. electronic medical records, and that first uh, residency at Creighton appeared uh, in the halls of uh, my undergrad pharmacy experience and um, was an opportunity that I could not resist, couldn't resist. I think the, uh, the fact that I had a, a bachelor's in computer science helped a lot because there were some strong candidates there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for the residency, but after that, um, gosh, I taught uh, out of residency at Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa, at the College of Pharmacy, and um, from there went into private practice. Well, you know, what we call private practice. I I actually took a position at Grady Health Systems in Atlanta, which is a large uh, safety net hospital. Um, 
very well known on this side of the country. I think it's 960, no, 976 beds, oh, wow. including the Children's Hospital, and it's mm -hmm. in downtown Atlanta. Um, it is a major provider of health care for underserved populations. Mm -hmm. um, the police uh, and fire and all the municipal uh, workers can get care at, at this institution. Um, they serve the prison population for a couple of the counties in Georgia, uh, in that Atlanta area, and have always been on the cutting edge of technology in terms of health care. They're affiliated with a teaching hospital, or with a hospital there as well. So the institution is an academic institution that takes a lot of students. Uh, very, very um, rich experiences in terms of clinical and informatics came out of there. Mm -hmm. and was actually a launch pad for, you know, continuing to move forward. I think there were a couple of positions in between there where I practiced informatics and clinical on and off. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of institutions that can't afford an informatician pure. So sure. I would be a pharmacist and an informatician at those sites whenever mm -hmm. needed. And, uh, you know, eventually that led to corporate um, where I stayed on the West Coast for a number of years, responsible for 20 hospitals and about 300 clinics. Mm -hmm. And um, the corporate setting was at Venice Health, which is a, a faith-based institution, and uh, with a focus on, again, underserved populations, uh, providing health care that can meet or uh, approach the salaries and financial burdens of the population and, mm -hmm. and help them with, you know, compassion and care. And that's always kind of been my draw. You know, if I can lend my expertise to something like that, then I kind of feel good at the end of the day, right? Which brought me to Belmont, another faith-based institution, where the reason I actually left Adventist Health was because, Hillary, I had 22 active projects on my desk, mm -hmm. informatics projects. And, you know, West Coast is associated with most of the innovation in pharmacy, right? PharmD comes from West Coast, came across the country. Pharmacists as providers came from West Coast, came across the country. The informatics rotation students that I was able to get from those institutions, you know, I had an expectation of strength, you know, in the conversation. Mm -hmm. I feel like I could have pulled them off the street and they would have had, you know, an equivalent level of informatics conversation. So, so I found myself with more and more projects and less and less help. Mm -hmm. And I started looking for some place where I could develop the type of student that I would have liked to seen in that environment. Mm -hmm. And Belmont was the answer for me after an exhaustive search. Uh, the informatics position here was open for two years. Oh, wow. So there was space for me to occupy without a voice already established mm -hmm. and I could you know help set the direction for that conversation sure. which led us to hymns and yeah. uh, you know the certifications that our students are getting and you know a lot of the successes that they're having yeah yeah awesome yeah so speaking of hymns yes uh, can you share a little bit about what hymns is for those of us that don't know and then maybe you know how students can get involved I know you're very involved and there's a conference uh, spring you know coming up here soon yes so. yes in the next couple of days as a matter of fact so hymns is the health information management system society you know, as subspecialists, 
in pharmacy, we each have a, a smaller association um, that we're affiliated with, right? So, so I would feel comfortable in saying that there's a pediatric conference that folks are able to go to and an association that sponsors and promotes that. HIMSS is the association that sponsors and promotes healthcare informatics across the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Medical informatics, radiology, nursing, uh, pharmacy, all of those are embraced under this umbrella of HIMSS. Very powerful organization in the healthcare information technology space. And they sponsor two certifications, global certifications, uh, the CA HIMSS and the CP HIMSS. CA HIMSS is the Certified Associate in Healthcare Information Systems. CP HIMSS is a th- Certified Professional in healthcare information systems. Okay. So for the CA HIMS, you know, that's an entry level certification that um, uh, has requirements that can be met by general clinical practitioners who have turned the corner and are now facing an informatics conversation. The CP HIMS is the current requirements are that, you know, you've been in this space for at least five years and have an understanding of what's going on you know, through those five years. And the tests are you know, appropriately leveled so that they can query your knowledge base on both those. Mm-hmm. So in the, in the Belmont University uh, College of Pharmacy program here in Nashville, we have affiliated with HIMSS on a large level, at least for the informatics conversation, and they have responded in kind by, um, you know, partnering with us as an approved education partner. We were actually the first. All right. Yeah, in the nation. So, very good. so we're very proud of that. That's great. And I believe we're kind of the only pharmacy school that's doing that now. Okay. I think the the conversation when you get to informatics is still relatively new for us as a as a healthcare profession. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really feel like we are having uh, a slightly more in-depth conversation at the Belmont at Belmont mm-hmm. um, now. Uh, you know, it's it's it shows in our students and the type of projects we're able to tackle and accomplish. So, I guess that's a good conversation about hymns. You know, it, for more information, um, I can make the links available to you. You can put sure. them in the show notes or whatever. Perfect. And uh, and folks can find out more that way. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. So, you know, you were sharing a little bit about some of the pioneering that you guys have been doing, Mm -hmm. and I've seen a couple of uh, press releases about Amazon Alexa. Oh, yeah. So um, if you could tell us more about some of the work that you're doing with that, that would be wonderful. Sure, sure, sure. So, again, um, my first degree was computer science. Mm -hmm. So... I don't have the natural fear of going into that space mm-hmm. that you would normally find with um, other clinical professionals. So healthcare is a very deep body of knowledge. Pharmacy is a very deep body of knowledge, but it's relatively narrow as you look at the grand scheme of things, right? Mm-hmm. So a healthcare professional is not expected to have a technology degree associated with them. Right, mm-hmm. so it's very rare to find someone with feet in both those ponds. Sure. So, so the fact that um, 
I kind of fell into that type of position makes our conversation a little more unique. So the students have an opportunity to become Alexa developers, maybe about midpoint in our healthcare informatics conversation. And it's pretty rigorous in terms of what you need to do to be able to do that. I mean, they're coming from zero to 60 where they don't know programming, they don't know a language, mm -hmm. and they have to develop a workable program that's accepted by the accrediting body at, uh, at Amazon. Mm -hmm. Once that occurs, their uh, program gets featured in the Amazon store and they by default become developers, mm -hmm. right? So, so once that happens, the sky is essentially the limit with what we can do with that, with that new platform. Awesome. Right, so there's, oh my gosh, I wish I had accurate numbers, but I feel comfortable saying there's 20 million Alexas in homes in the country. Sure. Right, I have a bunch of them. <laughs> but you know, I wanna think that it's not as uncommon as some people may be led to believe. Mm -hmm. Amazon, on the other side of this equation, is making some very directed moves into the healthcare space. Sure, yes. So, you know, as you know, they've purchased Whole Foods. They've obtained a pharmacy license. Pillpack. Right. Mm -hmm. they've, they've moved into the pharmacy discussion with splinter companies, mm -hmm. and they have a team that is using Alexa to help further those aims. Mm-hmm. So, back to us, we have the opportunity to become Alexa developers relatively easily, mm -hmm. right? Students are probably going to laugh when they hear that part. <laughs> <laughs> it's relatively easy for me because I'm just watching. <laughs> but relatively easily. I actually got my developers, um, I guess you would call it license or whatever, from Alexa with the first team. So, okay. So, um, so it's relatively simple to get that uh, mm -hmm. understatement. But once they're developers, then we, we try to think in a space where, okay, we know Amazon is moving into this space. Mm -hmm. We know that we can be productive on this platform. Sure. We know that they're using this platform to, to talk to patients mm -hmm. and other providers yeah. with healthcare-related information. We own the pharmacy conversation. Mm -hmm. No one else can have the conversations that we can have. Sure. Why not put them all together, mm -hmm. right? So, so I think it's been a year, maybe two years now, where the first teams started developing patient information for the Alexa. Okay. And we've crossed a major threshold in the last 12 months where we have the top 100 medications available mm -hmm. right now for patients to access through the Alexa app. Okay. It's, uh, the skill is called My Medical Home. And, you know, again, I can give you the link in the show notes, but okay. we have surpassed that 100, top 100 meds, you know, um, uh, goal. Right. Uh, maybe about six to seven months ago and we're very close to finishing the top 200 now okay so what's a what's a use case like for somebody that that maybe doesn't know exactly what that might look like is mm -hmm. it um you know when you're developing a skill is it 
medication focused, condition focused? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. might that look like? Mm -hmm. For us, our team struggled with that first um, for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. What I like to do in our conversations is, you know, I feel like as a programmer, I have an unfair advantage. So I'm gonna step back and let the students struggle with a concept. Okay. And it's, it's super valuable, Hillary, for them to do that because, again, flashback to me with 23 active projects, 22 active projects on my desk. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily have the bandwidth to drag someone from letter A to letter R where I am right now, mm -hmm. right? So I want someone that can spin up quickly, mm -hmm. grasp the situation that we're looking at, Sure. and become productive. And I think everybody wants that in a rotation student. Right. You know, I think everyone wants that in a rotation student. There's a certain amount of give and take that you should expect sure. because the student has to grow also, but the student should be in a position where they can support you somehow mm -hmm. as well, right? So um, with this concept and with what we're trying to do, the students decided that the conversation they wanted to have was with the patient. Okay. Right? And I think they took into account all the things that they're seeing in terms of what Amazon is doing and the moves that they're making. Mm -hmm. They bought Whole Foods. Who, who goes to Whole Foods? The patients, right? Mm -hmm. They've gotten into PillPack. Why? Because they want to give medications to patients, right? The, uh, the team that's working on Alexa is looking for patient engagement activities, right? So right. everything they're doing is pointed towards the patient. Mm -hmm. So I think the team made a good choice in moving towards the patient as well. Yeah. So we're looking at a very rudimentary conversation with the patient that gives them the basic outlines of the medication. Okay. We say in the introduction from Alexa that this should not replace conversations with the pharmacist. Sure. Should not. Okay. But there are patients who won't converse with us. They won't. Mm -hmm. Either they're intimidated, it's the white coat syndrome, no, mm -hmm. nothing's wrong with me, I'm fine. But they'll have conversations with Alexa like it's no problem. Sure. So if we can help bridge those conversations, um, that is an opportunity for, you know, pharmacy and healthcare to advance patient understanding of what they need to know. Okay, that's yeah. helpful. Yeah. So there is certainly a lot of opportunity with Amazon Alexa mm -hmm. and something else that, you know, probably a lot of listeners are starting to hear about is AI. Like, what is AI? Mm. Um, so yeah. you might have a few thoughts on that and, you know, what kind of role might that play in the pharmacy space? Wow. That's transformative. <laughs> I mean, AI stands for artificial intelligence, by the way. So um, there are, and we've had this for many, many decades, where we have to produce metrics, mm -hmm. either to show our worth, to uh, put fingers on the distributive functions of our, of our roles, mm -hmm. to justify our budgets, to justify our drug budgets, to justify the pharmacy activities, we've always had to embrace data mm -hmm. and manage data. So it comes as no surprise that this information is valuable. So the artificial intelligence wrapped on top of that is going to be able to do three things for us. 
So um, the term we're, we're dancing around is analytics, which is the management of mm -hmm. large bodies of data, right? Reporting, the management and reporting of large bodies of data. So there are three types of analytics, and I hope I get this right. So there's descriptive analytics, mm -hmm. there's prescriptive analytics, and there's predictive analytics. Mm -hmm. Okay? I've heard of predictive analytics. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Most people have yes. who have started this conversation, yes. right? So descriptive analytics is what we've been doing all our professional lives. Uh -huh. We get the data, we report the data. Okay. Right? Oh, yeah, you know, we've had this number of interventions as pharmacists, and we've had, uh, we're assuming we had an impact, mm -hmm. right? And this should justify us being here, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's prescriptive analytics, which is one step past descriptive. So prescriptive analytics and uh, prescriptive analytics would be, okay, so we have this data, and it's telling us to move in this direction. Mm -hmm. We've accumulated a body of data that's telling us to move in this direction. So it's still a reactive function. Sure. Right? It's still a reactive function. Predictive analytics mm -hmm. is we have this body of data, and it's telling us to do something, but it's something we've never done before. Mm -hmm. And the, the artificial intelligence has pulled data from here, this resource, the weather, your population, what's going on with disease states, and has decided, based on all this information mm -hmm. and whatever algorithm has been programmed into it, that here's a trend that you may not have spotted, Yeah. that you might want to focus on mm -hmm. moving forward to either help your population as a whole rise up a little bit more in terms of health, sure. or to stave off something that you see coming in the future. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. Yeah. So folks call the Amazon Alexa smart speaker and the other smart speakers artificial intelligence platforms. And they are. But it requires someone to feed that information or that understanding into the platform mm -hmm. to help turn it around and make it, you know, an analytics engine for you. Sure. It's, it, and recently, Amazon has revealed that now you can use, you know, database, databases within Alexa, and you can use um, reporting functions within Alexa, hmm. which is pretty exciting as you think about Alexa and all these other smart speakers as AI uh, mm -hmm. capable, because clearly, um, that was their plan all along, or they yeah. stumbled into it like we have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've really just yeah. scratched the surface on some of these uh, new technologies that are available. How do you have any tips that you could share mm -hmm. on if somebody's you know interested in this field? Mm -hmm. How could they start to get up to date? Maybe some of your favorite resources. Uh, that you use to stay current mm -hmm, in the informatics mm -hmm. field. I think, I think I wanna I wanna make sure that our audience understands that informatics can be approached at any stage in your professional career. Mm -hmm. So a lot of us as pharmacists may feel like that ship has sailed. Mm -hmm. We're in 
the part of the profession that we're in, and that's that. Mm-hmm. I would say I would push back against that and say that that is never the case. It's never too late to pivot, and that opportunities exist for all of us um, if this is a space you think is valuable for you. I would also say, if you look at trends, I think both of us would be comfortable in saying that we're not going back to paper records. No. I think both (laughs) of us would be comfortable saying that more and more we're being asked to provide a story with the data that we're collecting. Mm -hmm. And that trend is not going the other way. So with each passing day, the informatics conversation becomes more and more of a necessity as opposed to this exotic offshoot Mm -hmm. that that other guy does. Yeah. Yeah, So, so with that being said, I think if you're at the professional level, and we'll start there, um, HIMSS is an excellent resource for you. Mm -hmm. ASHP is an excellent resource for you. APHA is an excellent resource for you. Um, NCPDP is an excellent resource for you. But HIMSS Mm -hmm. can, our conversation in HIMSS is specifically on healthcare informatics. Mm -hmm. So... Um, there are going to be other components you can get from our other associations that have supported us for hundreds of years. Sure. And they're awesome, and I don't want to discount anything that they're doing in the space. Sure. But for, uh, for my money, I think that the conversation should start at a place where you can also end the conversation. Sure. So there are a lot of resources available there that could probably be of help. Now, ASHP, I do believe they have a certification packet for informatics. Okay. So there's another great resource. I'm not as familiar with the other associations, but I believe those two places would be a good good place for the professional to start, the working professional mm-hmm. who's looking at a career change. Yeah. Um, you know, Nashville is a healthcare rich city. Mm-hmm. Healthcare rich city. I mean, you can throw a stick up and you're likely to hit a clinician or a, a healthcare informatics person, right? So we have the benefit of having a very strong local HIMSS association here mm-hmm. that has partnered with, you know, the joggernauts in the city in terms of providing support, content, um, opportunities to grow, and, and all those things. Mm-hmm. So there's another great place to start. There's probably a local HIMSS chapter in your town as well or close. Um, so you can feel comfortable with that, uh, reaching out to them and trying to find resources. I, I want to tell you, Belmont University College of Pharmacy gets those types of questions every day. Okay. We, I, will give them to the students to research. And again, this is just strengthening their depth of knowledge mm-hmm. so that when they're at my site in the past, they can hit the ground running with intelligent conversation and usefulness, right? Sure. So, so they're helping answer all of those questions. I don't answer any of them anymore. Mm-hmm. If they're going off the cliff, I'll tweak a little bit. Mm-hmm. But essentially, they're growing yeah. their knowledge base as they help everyone else. So, you know, I think, and I'm hesitant to say, but you can also reach out to us at Belmont mm-hmm. um, and ask whatever questions you need to if you're in the pharmacy space and you're considering Um, that type of resource or need to find training opportunities. Um, Now, for the students, Mm -hmm. 
if you are fortunate enough, all right, our accrediting bodies in academia have decided that informatics is a required conversation for a contemporary pharmacy degree. Okay. They decided that in 2016. So colleges of pharmacy have been moving towards that informatics conversation from that point to today. Mm-hmm. Some of them are further along than others. Uh, the first thing, obviously, is going to be to look within your school and see what resources are available for you. Um, there are residency opportunities all across the country. I believe there's maybe 25 informatics residencies at this point across the country for postgraduate experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have one at Belmont yet, but we are moving towards that. You know, I really got to wrap my head around that because it's a big commitment. Sure. You know, to have yeah. a student that you're responsible for their future successes for that strong, you know, long period of time. Right. So I'm a little afraid of it. But I'm moving, you know, I'm trying to turn the corner and see if I can get to that. Sure. But your local school is going to be your best resource. If you are approaching pharmacy school and have not um, been accepted as a student or haven't reached out to any place, I would um, encourage you to visit our site, um, to visit uh, my LinkedIn page to see what our teams are doing, and, you know, make yourself uh, educated as you you choose your, your future course. Um, and I think that covers everybody, right? Yeah, that's that's yeah. helpful. We hit all the different yeah. uh, possible listeners, I hope. Um, but as he mentioned, you can always reach out uh, for more questions. And, you know, something that's neat about HIMSS is that it is non-pharmacy specific. Right. So it's an, an opportunity for inner professional um, type of exposure. And, you know, I think that I've attended the Southeast Hymns Conference that's held here in Nashville. That's an awesome conference. It is. And they're all of the innovation and everything. I mean, you just hear about the cutting edge things uh, when you're at a Hymns Conference. And and informatics has not been my field of study, but even attending, uh, you will walk away with some great learning. Absolutely. So definitely. Well, as our final question, Anthony, um, can you share maybe uh, some advice that you would tell your younger self or for other uh, pharmacists who are just getting started in their career? Oh my gosh. In general, leave yourself open to opportunities. Don't assume that you know your path uh, because that will close doors to you that are that are wide open at this point Um, say yes to opportunities more than you say no Mm -hmm. Um, be willing to explore areas of pharmacy and there are many where you never thought you would find yourself and I think um, if you consider yourself truly a lifelong learner, you'll have a very, very awesome, awesome experience in this space. I think, I think the part about you know, being willing to volunteer and being willing to put yourself out there and connect with people, and, and mind you, there have been many personality assessments taken on pharmacy students and pharmacists, mm-hmm. and that's not a zone that we comfortably inhabit, but it's worth the effort. It really is. It really is worth the effort. And I think um, if you consistently open yourself to opportunities, you'll find yourself in a lot of very nice spaces. 
Wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much My for pleasure. being a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. You're so easy to talk to. It's <laughs> awesome. Very nice having you. Thank you. And now a special thanks back to our sponsor, TheraWorks Relief. They have a CE available for pharmacists over at Pharmacy Times. Be sure to check that out if you're needing to get some of your CE hours. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at www.pharmacyadvisory.com. And the live recording of this show is available on YouTube. Check it out. Talk to Your Pharmacist is on YouTube. Be sure to check out the full video version there. We'll be sharing about it on our Instagram page as well. So hopefully you're following us over at Talk to Your Pharmacist on Instagram and on Facebook. Thanks, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening.